Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Without wasting any time, here is Doug LeBlanc, who is running for mayor of Brighton. I'm so pleased to have with me today Doug LeBlanc, candidate for mayor of Brighton. Welcome to Consider This Northumberland. Thank you for inviting me on. There may be some people who don't know you, so let's begin with you introducing yourself as a candidate for mayor. Well, I come from a small farming and fishing village in Nova Scotia. At nine, at 17, I joined the military, and I stayed till 1993 where I retired, but in that period of time, I married my childhood sweetheart, and we adopted our, our special needs child, David, and had a quick uh, military career, retired as a senior NCO, uh, moved to Brighton, worked with the Greetham's at Greetham Industrial and Ground Tracks, developed a couple of other projects, became an expert witness for the Ministry of Environment, expert witness for Supreme Court of Canada, Supreme Court of Ontario, 24 court cases, and over 400 separation cases for the insurance companies working on the environmental side and I decided to run for council because I didn't like what was going on in the previous eight, uh, two councils. So I ran for council, I got elected, and then I started serving the minister, the, the residents of Brighton. So I've served in the military. I did three peacekeeping tours while I was in the military. I served my employees and I also served the residents of Brighton. So what I saw that the, the town needed leadership and management and the key projects, if you look at the notices of motions and stuff that I put in, basically to improve the life and the quality of the resident and the municipality of Brighton and to bring it into some type of order that was missing. So I decided that I would run for mayor. And I've been living in Brighton for the past 30 years, almost 30 years since I'm retired. And I've operated my businesses, three businesses. I still own the Tri-County Plastic Business. We do pellets for... Uh, for uh, ventilator hoses and for irrigation hoses and for um, fire extinguishers and use in various products and Lowe's, uh, uh, Staples, Walmart, Home Depot. And they use them, the manufacturers that do, do injection molding. They also use them garden hoses because we're non-lead. We do not use any lead in the facility. We don't allow it in here. And now with an inventor out of uh, Ontario, we're doing the prototypes now for all plastics that can be repurposed that are going to landfill that have a known low value. You cannot recycle them, they cannot be recycled. And this gentleman has invented the process where he can take 56 to 58 different types of plastics and make them into a repurposed, reusable product from patio stones to stones to pieces of lumber to plywood to shingles and any color you want. It's amazing. If you have the mold, you can make it. So that's a, that's a brief nutshell what I've done. And my businesses were from Manitoba all the way to Newfoundland. So I sold most of them off to, to my employees when I decided to retire five years ago. 
What role do you see the municipality playing in assisting the hospital as it faces a healthcare crisis? You've been losing physicians in your area, but you've also been recruiting. What role do you think the municipality plays in trying to recruit doctors to your area? The municipality and the council plays a huge role. We're we we one of the sponsors for Brighton Doctors by the Bay, and you're trying to recruit from it's a tool that as a council, we are trying to recruit doctors at all times. We work with them, we assist them. We just bought a, the old uh, building on Dundas and we purpose it to bring the two new doctors there. We have more doctors coming and the council has to work because it's one of the things that we have to do. It's not just allow more houses to be built. We also have to bring help doctors here to make a better health care system. We also need nurse practitioners. We also need medical health nurses basically for mental illness or for a drug addiction. Those could, those could all be put into our our, our, um, our health care unit here in Brighton and we don't have any of those systems now but we are, we are all working for doctors. Every counselor and mayor knows that we need more doctors in Brighton and we are fighting with every other municipality trying to attract them. Once we have them here as a municipality, we want to keep them longer than five years or 10 years. We want them to become citizens here and stay here and willing to stay. So it's not just attracting them, we got to make it attractable for them to stay here at the same time and accommodate them. Recently, there was a doctor that was announced that's come to your area through the Docs by the Bay program, and you're sharing them between Brighton and the Bay of Quinty. I wonder how that is a good system when there's such a great need to have a doctor just in Brighton for Brighton residents. Well, it's a, it's a sharing process, so he's had Trent, which is good because we have we have, he's sharing with Trenton. And with Brighton, he also has a facility here in Brighton. He's bought another doctor, so there's more patients that are being called as we speak to go use that facility. It's the same as when we have an emergency, we either go to Trenton, then we're brought to Belleville, then we're brought to Kingston if we have heart or cancer, whatever we have. It's a sharing, it's a start. And the more we have, if it's partnering, we have to partner. That's one of the things. It can't be all sold. If we can get it sold, sold solely to Brighton and get them to take Twelve hundred or six thousand patients, or, or sixteen hundred patients, or six thousand patients. That would be great, and we're working on those things. As a council, we are working on those things. We do, and we're working very hard and diligently to do that. Thank you. Okay, so council's already doing this. What are you going to do though? That's different going forward. Is there anything that you're going to bring to the table that's different from, say, your opponent or what's been done in the past? Well, we'll lobby the government to try to get some of the foreign doctors approved quicker that are, that are coming here and the nurse practitioners to bring them here. We're going to try to work with different programs with Northumberland County and with Quinty West and with our Northumberland County uh, partners to try to bring more doctors here as a whole. We want them here in Brighton and we, we're building more houses and so we need more doctors. And if we have to bring some of our students and pay them up, we have a student program. We'll try to get more people in the student program to bring them here. And we'll work 
and there's different things and we'll learn from other municipalities that have been successful. We'll copy their model. If we have to go talk with them, if they get a better model than what we're using, we got to go with what is best for the residents of Brighton and bring more doctors here because it's a huge need. There's a huge need registered across the province. If we're getting into bidding wars with them, you can only pay so much because we're a small municipality. We only have so many tax dollars that we can do. But we're trying to attract them. And once we have them here as a municipality, we have to keep them here. We have to bring things here to keep them here. Walking trails, biking trails, fishing, hiking, bird watching. Open up the trails, get more people coming. That's what we want. And more facilities. Like it would, might be that we have to bring the blood work system back. And we should have it here to, do, to be able to do your blood work, to be your x-rays, to do your MRIs. It should be here. And there's companies that are setting this up in small towns now, and we got to look at them and bring them here because it's to make us whole, a healthy community. We have to have all this. But it's not only have doctors, you also have to stay healthy. The Y, the gym, walking, proper diet, proper eating. So it's all, it's, it's all entailed in one. In the past 15 months, Brighton's fire chief, the planning manager, the manager of capital infrastructure, the deputy clerk have left the municipality for various reasons. You lost your head of public works recently. Now, there's been job postings as well in the last couple of weeks for managers of planning and all sorts of things. Why did you support an internal organizational review to look at why these people have left? Well, I will start. As a member of council, and I've been on this council, this council has not fired one person. So when you look at it, why are they leaving? Why are we having such a high turnover? We're using headhunters to find good people that have come here, have won competitions, that have come here, and all of a sudden they decide to leave in a short period of time. Some have left because they want to be back with, with their family members, the provinces they came from. Some of them have left for more money. Some of them have left for various reasons. Some of them have only been here very short term and left. And some of them have wrote letters to councils and, and stuff that be that triggered certain things that we want to know why this turnover is going on at this period of time. But a lot of our municipalities are saying the same thing. It's a lot of other municipalities are headhunting our people, the same as we're held headhunting their people. But we want to know what is going on in the municipality of Brighton. And if there is a problem, how do we solve it? How do we stop it from taking place again? And so, and I want to know, and I'm one of the counselors, I want to know, I can't speak for the others, but I want to know what was going on and why people are leaving. If we're paying them good dollars with pensions, and basically they have the full benefit package, why are they leaving? And why are they accepting the position here if they're only going to stay a month or two weeks or a day? So we want to know those reasons why. And if we have to pay more money, or we got to change our benefit plans, or structural problems. Hopefully all this comes out. If you look at previous council, they voted to fire people. This council has never fired anybody. When this debate came up back in June, there was a members of council that said that this was a witch hunt. How do you react to that? Well, as a council member, basically the, the voice of council when we make a decision, if, and I've lost, I put up motions and I lost. The vote was against what I brought up because I didn't do my argument right. You didn't see me in the newspaper. You didn't see me do anything. And we all agreed, even the, the mayor, we all agreed that decision of council is the decision of council. And that's four votes against three or whatever it is. It's a, it's a majority. And you go with the decision of council. So I have never questioned 
there has been some innuendo that maybe uh, the the reason people are leaving is the way that they're being treated by council members. Have you ever heard anything like that, and how do you respond to that? I've heard it from one council member using that, and um, the thing is, I haven't heard. Whenever I've talked with senior staff, I've always been respectful. I've always sent them an email, and they've always returned back to me. I believe the other members of council have done the same thing. If there is a problem, the mayor should have brought it up, and he should have taken those councillors to the integrity commissioner. I haven't seen one councillor that's been taken to the integrity commissioner over that, right? Well, I'm not supposed to know anyway. So I haven't seen anything or heard anything, or any councillor has been disciplined for interfering with, with the, the staff. The thing is, you ask hard questions in council. If you have the knowledge, if you don't have the knowledge, you sit there and you, you let the other councillors that have the knowledge to deal with it. But the thing is, I have always been respectful, and I believe all the other councillors have been respectful. So I don't know where this is coming from, because it's never been presented. All I've ever heard is words and innuendos. How are you going to make life in Brighton better compared to the last four years? Well, we're going to get things done. I've only been a councillor for four years. If you look at all the motions and notice the motions I've put in, I've brought in, they're all from proving the quality of life of Brighton. When I first got on council, I wanted to be a good boy and basically take the bottom fruit and what it was was sidewalks. And when I got on sidewalks, we went to the meeting in the hall. Let's put $300,000 aside for sidewalks. I found out that there was a sidewalk reserve of almost $1.2 or excess of a million dollars that had been collected over 10 years. That means the cracked sidewalks hadn't been fixed in 10 years. So... They started fixing them in, the, in this term of council, ditching and brushing. The, the farmers were complaining there was nothing done for 12 years when I went there to do a little bit of ditching and brushing. Basically, we put 120000 aside for a, a private contractor to do it. They did 120 kilometers of road, and it was a 900 and some odd thousand dollar reserve that nothing had been done. Money had been put aside for all those years, but it hadn't actually been done. So basically, to get things moving and get things done, you can tell things when you're you're being first elected and make promises, follow those promises. The thing is, the military, they used, in one CU, they used to call me Clydesdale, which was basically, I was a workhorse. Pile it on me, I'll get it done and go through. But it takes the council to get together and to make it done. So I will use the resources of council that are there and the expertise of all the members and try to not to divide them and to keep them going in one solid direction for the residents because we're here to service the ratepayers and the taxpayers of Brighton, the residents of Brighton, and that's what we have to do. We're service industry. We've got to get everything back into place like SOPs, standing operating procedures, spring, summer, fall, winter, our snow removal, our sidewalks, our downtown to be snow removed when, it, when there's snow, get a shovel, get our potholes fixed, our roads fixed, get the roads that should be done, get the funds that that should be working with Northumberland County and get our roads done and painted, the uh, the, the, the lines painted on a, on a proper time, not in the winter time, but should be painted in the summer when you have the most traffic, and get our roads done and get our parish here. Coming back here, one is basically these bag tags are here all the time. So we pay taxes for collection and disposal. And where is the disposal? We pay for bag tags. So is it a service industry or is it a tax? I don't know, but we'll deal with that if I get elected. And I get my seat at the county. And I want to know why we're not getting our fair share. Maybe it hasn't been asked for. Maybe it hasn't. Maybe the vote has been asked for and the vote's been wrong. Maybe it hasn't been debated. Right? I don't know. But there's a reason we're not getting our fair share from the county back to Brighton. Thank you. 
you mentioned about the garbage, and that's one of the planks of your platform. You say you want to create a system where there'll be one free bag of garbage. So how do you intend to keep the taxes down if the town's going to end up paying for one bag of garbage? Is there going to be cuts? How is that cost going to be covered? Well, the baggage is covered not by the town. It's covered by the by the, by the county. And in, in talking with the other councillors and the other people, candidates that are running for mayor or for as council from the other municipalities, they all have the same problem. It's not just the residents of Brighton that are complaining about the back tag and how much we're paying. You can look at how we come here, how it was generated, and what we pay for taxes and what we should get. We should get one free bag. And I do believe that I can get the votes, if I get there to debate it right, that they'll all want to do the same thing. One back tag. You can't be taking more money and putting it into the reserves and getting nothing. You can't keep on taking money from the residents and not using it and just putting it into reserves for long-term, long-term projects. But those are dreams. Basically, you, can, you should only take what you need. And it's a debate. They all have the same problem. So it's just debating with the other, with the other six members. I believe it's achievable. A lot of development pressure is taking place in Brighton. There's various subdivisions and other developments going on. But the treatment of wastewater continues to be an ongoing issue. Now, as of June 2022, the town has initiated an addendum to the 2018 class environmental assessment. So there is a proposal for an upgrade. Yet, it is, there's another study coming that, to address this key issue. Now, some residents may feel that there's a lot of money being spent and not enough action. What would you say to those people? Well, what I would say to them is the, I'll be very careful with this one, the system that was designed was was designed for higher class protozoas. We have an ammonia problem, which is a nitrifier. So the new system that's been amended that's coming in, which is much cheaper, can deal with all the nitrifiers and the ammonia and get rid of it. The other system, you couldn't grow the population and you couldn't get the industry when it was right in the ECA. The new system, you'll be able to go to a population of 16,000 and you'll be able to fill the industrial park and create jobs. If you're going to bring all these people here, you need to create jobs for them or you're all going to be retirees. When some of them do more affordable homes and family homes, well, you're going to have families. If they're going to go to school, you've got to create jobs. But the new wastewater treatment plant that you're building is to allow you to control your SVI, your sludge age. No more sludge will go into the, into the lagoon and it'll treat the ammonia. That's the one that's there. And the municipality created the wastewater task force and put me on the wastewater task force to get to this new system. And they've applied with the ECA. It's been peer-reviewed by other consultants, and it's been accepted as a project. And it's a lot cheaper than what was proposed by the other consultant. Thank you. Do you think money has been wasted and time has been wasted and resources have been wasted up until now? Has this has this gone through and has it been a good use of taxpayers' resources? I wasn't on the council the past eight years before I got on council. And the present system that was going to be built for 12, $12.5 million was was done by the previous two councils. So what they did, the information they had and how they based their information, they, they went by consulting base. I don't think there was somebody on council that had the knowledge that I have. So I can't go back and say it was wasted what they spent, but they come up with a design that had to be 
going forward, will you get this issue resolved before the end of your term, your first term on council? Yes, it will. It will be done because I have the knowledge and the experience. I've built them. I have assisted in designing them. I have won awards for them, and I've been an environmental in the environmental field through the military. My field was wasp, water, sewage, and aviation fuel, and environmental. And the courses that I took were, were a week long. They were five and a half months, seven and a half months, nine and a half months, and six and a half months long with no English or no French. It was straight engineering, design, chemical, microbiology, and the environmental taught by professors. So it's a very small feeder trail, which is still going strong in the military today. And I come part of that field. That's where I was a senior NCO. Thank you. So I understand it very well. And I, my businesses were all environmental. What is being done about affordable housing? With all this development going on, what's going to be done to make housing more affordable and create more rental opportunities? I brought contractors, people that want to build affordable um, apartments and were funded 95% by CHBC, passed them on to the upper tiers of our council, the mayor, CAO and them, and the planning department, and the mayor would pass them on just like any other council. Councilor, once you bring a developer in, you you, you you walk back and you let them deal with them. And so I brought three in the past two and a half years and nothing's been built. We found the land, found the stuff. I don't know why they didn't pursue it. One of them has just moved to Trenton and the other one is moving to Hastings. They're going to be building because they have land available. Brighton at the time didn't have properties and we didn't buy properties. That's why Council Bateman and myself moved the motion for land banking, which was approved by the rest of the council and moved on so we can start getting properties and working with getting properties so we can work with developers and do like Port Hope and Coburg and them do and build seniors homes, not seniors homes, but low rental apartments, 30% the income. So they were here. There was one that was going to be built on Butler Street, but there was something with the creek that was seven and a half acres and it may still happen. The, de the developer is still here and uh, that's as far as I know because once it's passed on as a counselor, you step aside, you stay out of the process. You don't get involved. You don't want to get involved in conflict of interest, but they have, they're here. And the condominium complex on 214 uh, Ontario Street, that's been going on for three years now. And there's the condos that are going to be built on Cedar Street. That was approved by council. The one on Ontario Street is waiting to be to be brought in front of council to get their process started. What about homeless people? People are sleeping in tents and parks and other public spaces. They're couch surfing. What are you planning to do to address this immediate need of people who need shelter, not just mid and long-term issues of shelter, but something immediate within the community to help homeless people? Well, one of them is creating jobs because they may need jobs so they can create wealth, so they can get apartments and stuff, and Brighton doesn't have very much to rent right now. Uh, that's, and also, you got to get engaged with the province, you got to engage with, with the, the county, you got to engage with some of it could be mental health, and get a mental health nurse and get involved in those things and find out what the reasons are. We do have a shelter that's temporary, once for heating and cooling, we, we, we got those, but they're not necessarily for selling. And dealing with the churches, bring the church involved. Get the churches involved into this and bring uh, uh, community help and get them involved at the same time. And welfare, and see what can be done and work with it. And get the council to work with it, with staff to work on all this stuff. But the, 
churches are a key key point to all this. Thank you. Does Brighton need to create an emergency shelter? Well, that is something that we would have to talk about here in, in, in Brighton as a council. It has to be brought forward. We would work with the county. We have to have land to build one, and right now we don't have land to build one owned by the municipality. It could be as a private developer, somebody to build one, if one is required. And we would deal with the province and the federal government in getting grant money to get this all done. But it has to be a whole council and it has to be looked at. The only one, um, I saw three people that live in cars who seem to parked at certain places. And there's one, there was one man that was sleeping on the benches, but I haven't seen him around for about the last three months. I'd bring him a coffee or a sub or a subway or a sandwich and talk to him. But, you know, he needed some some assistance. So they have to be willing to go if it's available. It's something that we can look at. And we do have a shelter, but it's emergency shelter. Legion is that's one. And we have our arena, that's another one, that have already been passed, but they're not to stay in. They're just as emergency shelters for cooling and heating. Roads are vitally important. What are your plans to keep roads maintained over the next four years? Well, we're going to continue on the way we've been doing in the rural roads. And with tiring and chipping, we've caught up. What was lacking in the last eight years was caught up in this four years. We, like the mayor says, we broke all the records. I sit on the rural committee, started ditching and brushing so the farmers can drain on their fields and put the culverts in. Uh, so basically, the roads are drain. If you don't drain alongside the roads, you're going to get more potholes. What they did to the new roads, they put all new culverts in. In the built-up area, basically more paving and more roads are being done, studies. We're getting grant money finally for our roads, but before they weren't. So we're getting, we got shovel-ready projects to get going. And so we can get grant money, we can apply for it. And we do have, we had some of those, those, uh, those projects pass. And keep on doing them and stay on the county. Like certain roads were supposed to be done three years ago. Now they're delayed for two more years. You're saying because of COVID, they can't get material, they can't get design, already over-designing, already creating too much red tape amongst themselves to stop and to, to fix these roads. We also got to get the bike paths, walking paths, and everything else done at the same time, not just the road, but it's a complete overhaul. And keep these things going because they're a concern of our meeting of the whole and our budgets that we put into. And we've got a good new road roads director, and hopefully these programs are dead, get into place, get SOPs, standing offer procedures. We have done the studies. They do have them. They do have protocols to keep on going with the roads. You would continue on on all of those. They were kind of lacking before I got on council, but they're there now. And with the, with the help of the rest of the council, we voted on and we put these programs in place. Speaking of the county, how do you react to the county's plans for the agricultural lands? Because part of Brighton is rural, and they are doing agricultural mapping so that they can lock down certain prime agricultural lands so that they'll never be developed. How do you respond to that program? I like that program. The farmland needs to be protected, and it should be protected. Because if we get people that are coming in and moving in and just complaining, it doesn't help the farmers at all. So this council passed the bylaw basically to protect the farmers from trespass so that nobody can trespass on their properties and let their, their farm animals go. This council also passed the, the bylaw that farming operations can continue on at any hours at night. There's no noise or anything as long as there's normal farming activities. They can collect their wheat, their corn, keep going. We keep our roads wide. 
like some of the other municipalities, when they redid the road roads and narrowed them, Brighton, we, they were going to do that when I got on the road committee with, with uh, Joe Banbury. He explained it to us, and basically, so we kept our roads wide when we re, when we kept them, uh, resurfaced them, and then we didn't narrow them. We still got to do all our, our gravel roads and everything for the rural community, so they can do all our commerce and move everything and move around. And they have to have all the proper, uh, in the rural, what was missing here, there was 191 uh, signs that were missing in traffic signs, stop signs, and speed, speeding signs, and even turn signs that were missing under the Traffic Act of Ontario and basically have been put in in this term of council. And the farmland, like they want to designate a lot of it heritage in, in the county. I think they're going a little bit more, but if you want to know what is a good piece of farmland to farm, talk to a farmer. He knows. He will tell you if it's a good piece of farmland, if it can't be farmed. They'll tell you if it can't be farmed, and it, they'll tell you it can't be farmed. But we have to protect our farmland when we're losing 371 acres a day in Ontario. So it's way too much. How are we going to feed ourselves? So, thank you. Planning committee meetings are jam-packed with people looking for developable lots and their individual lots. With the county wanting to concentrate development in focused places like hamlets and villages and towns, are you concerned at all at this kind of piecemeal development and how it will impact rural areas? Well, <clears throat> Brighton is known as one of the, one of the hardest places to get a rural lot passed, and it's, our council meetings are never jammed with rural lots to come into Brighton. They're very hard to get into rural lots in Brighton since I've been there for four years. I don't know where that concern comes from. But the thing is, the other thing that we have in Brighton is that we have a lot of red tape, to, to not to prevent, but it costs a lot to develop a rural lot, anywhere from fifty to $75,000 by the time you get to getting built. Most of the lots are on road frontage, and they're not developable agricultural land. So they're not done on agricultural land. In hamlets, where they're coming, if you have the water and the sewage and they have the infrastructure for it, okay, that has to be looked at where some of them want to go. It's farmland that's going to be rezoned. I know where you're talking about, 38 homes, but there has to be a hydrogen study. Everything has to be done. It's farmland. It's a small hamlet and to be done, and how big are the lots, and you can't do densification in those lots. You need an acre, an acre and a half to two acres, but you need your septic, your water, and your well. So they're very hard. But in Brighton, I haven't seen the big influx of rural lots being passed. And it's one of the things when you go to a surveyor, a developer, or anywhere else, or a planning department, different planning groups, and, and, and come to town, they say Brighton, Brighton is the hardest place to get a rural lot passed. So. I'd like to talk to you now about your transit plan, which is part of your platform. You've talked about bringing bus service. Is is Brighton large enough to sustain a public transit system? Well, it's not a public transit. It's a transit system that we, we have in Northumberland County that basically stops at Crammy. We would like it to come all the way from Crammy to Brighton, so then we can tie into the VR rail system that's probably going to come into Port Hope and different areas, so we can move we can move west. And also we have Quinty Transit that comes from the east coming this way that allows us to go that way, but we also need to work west if we're going to, we're going to be working into Brighton. So and there used to be a bus service and the Greyhound service used to stop in Brighton. They don't stop in Brighton anymore because there wasn't anybody to host them. 
we also have all the bus stops in Brighton, but we don't have the benches put up because we're afraid that we're going to be vandalized. So the bus service is there, the stops are there. We're just going to let more people know that we have them. And we got to work with the county to make it just not stop at one place, but to come all the way into Brighton in case people want to go west and don't want to drive and get onto the go train or get onto the via train and, and go to Toronto. And it, it, it needs to be here because we're a population of uh, 12,300 from the last census, so we're big enough to have it. And if you go to Belva, if you go to Trenton and you're using the Greyhound, and you go there, two-thirds of the people that are getting on, on the bus are from Trenton, are from Brighton, that are getting on the bus because we, a lot of people use the bus service. And it, it would be, the other thing we need is a taxi service in Brighton. And we don't have it. We used to have bears. Now we don't have anybody. ABC taxi comes from Trenton. But why don't we have one in Brighton? What have what is wrong that we cannot have a, a very viable? They had three taxis here going full time. In the last two or three years, we've had nothing. So why? What is the problem? And we have all the services, and we got as a council, we got to be more accommodating to bring these people here because old people, and not only old but young, will use a taxi if they can call one and get one. But we don't have that service in Brighton. It's not only bus service; it's also taxi. I don't know if we qualify for an Uber. I don't know if anybody's looked at it, but we should look. The town has started a process to create a master plan for parks and recreation. Where do you want to see the town's resources focused when it comes to the parks and recreation? Well, first of all, we have a lot of problems. One is before we go there, we need for parks and recreation, we need our doctors, we need our roads fixed, we need our rural broadband up and running and working with Ontario, with Hydro One to get that all done. They made the announcement. We haven't had any meetings since that, but we should have more meetings with them to continue on with that process. We need to get all our infrastructure in place. We need our wastewater treatment plant built. We need to get, get all our stormwater management in place. We need to get a lot in place and our trails and bike trails all done. And we work with a master plan and we also have different projects that we want to do that are in our uh, strategic plan that we have to look at, like the bridge across John Street, if that's where it's supposed to be, so we can tie in, and to, and to look at our flow of, of, of uh, traffic. We also have the secondary plan that's been funded. We just announced on the first phase, we got a presentation. Phase two and phase three are going to be for public consultation and stuff to see how the municipality is going to look in 5, 10, 15, 20 years for our traffic studies, our traffic, our flows, our commercial, our industrial, where we're going to put our houses, where our parks are going to be, if we need another dog park, where things are going to be and how they're going to flow. And it'll be all part of the parks. It's all going to be part as one. That's right. You can't piecemeal them all together and say, well, okay, we're going to do this in the park and it doesn't fit with the secondary plan. It all has to be brought as one unit. But you also got to keep on repairing your roads and your infrastructure and your sidewalks. What is your plan for economic development in, in the town? You know, well, one of the things that when I first got on council, we didn't have a position in economic development, and the deputy mayor and myself, basically, and the rest of the council, we refilled that position. And the gentleman that's doing a very good job, he needed assistance, he has two assistants to bring in industry. The industrial park, when we first got on council, had no electricity or natural gas into the park. It has it now. The lots are sold. There's a problem with stormwater management that has to be corrected and the buildings can be built and the industries can be built and create jobs. There, it's there. Also, 
broadband is huge because people work from home now and everything, and the rural broadband is not that good in uh, in the, the rural area. So with Ontario Hydro, Brighton has been named as the test site for all of Ontario. They're going to make it work here before we take it out to the other 441 communities in Ontario. Municipalities, the um, bringing bringing jobs here. You, it, like the jobs would be like a hotel. Right now, we're service industry. We got to get more into the manufacturing. So we got to bring the industry back here to do some manufacturing and to get it back done here. So we need more strip malls because there's more small businesses that are here that uh, that basically need space. They can't come here. We need a hotel so that if we have businesses, they have a place to stay and come. So it's working as a group and to bring them here. And so we brought a lot of industry here, but it's been passed on. And when it's passed on, I don't know where it's went and where, what process and where they are in now. But the main thing is the industrial park, the industrial park they're building in there and all the lots are sold, but they're serviced with power and electricity. Now, since, since this council, and if you want to build, you got to get your wastewater treatment plant going so you can bring a food industry here. It's no use if you don't have the wastewater working and there to be able to service the industry. It's no use of them coming here because that's a big problem that a lot of other small towns and big towns have. They don't have the infrastructure to serve them. Under the new wastewater treatment plant, you'll be able to bring industry here and food processing and you'll be able to build a lot more homes and industry and apartments, affordable apartments for, for people. There's been a steady increase in property taxes during your term. What can you say to people listening who might be concerned about their property taxes going up if you become mayor? Well, property taxes is a thing that you have to pay for services that are there, but the property taxes in Brighton have been kept relatively low. The increases that were asked for were not passed on, and they were justified. And if you look at the total tax increases that they wanted, it would have probably been 20, 22%, but it's been kept below nine. The one tax that I don't really, I, I voted that I couldn't understand was why the sewer and water bill, the service bills went up by over 30%. And for this year, I don't know, and there's a study with the motion I brought, there's a study going to be done this year to see what the justification of it. But property taxes as a whole are relatively low in compared to the other seven other municipalities. And that's because of the council. And if you if you take more from the people, you ask every director was asked we, if you had more if we tax more and you got more money, could you spend it? They all said they have sufficient funds and they didn't need it. But certain projects need to be need to be done, like roads, sidewalks, and stuff. And it continues on. It's marginal increase. It was never very huge. Some people might say, Doug, you've sat on council for the past four years. Why did you not implement any of your campaign proposals before now? Well, if you look at all the other ones that I've implemented before now, I brought a whole bunch of them in, and there's only so much thing. So this is my vision going forward. We had to catch up on what was hadn't been done in the past eight years, three years of motions and stuff going in projects and getting a system in place, filling in all the salary, all, all the employees that were missing in positions and creating new positions to bring the municipality where it could give service to the residents. 
and now it's time to move to get all these new services and stuff coming as more people are coming here and moving here from different areas from Oshawa, Whitby, Toronto, different different parts of the world. You have certain services and amenities. Now these services are coming from the county and they're coming from west to east. It's time to join on and, and get into these things. And from from east to west, from Trenton, Quinty West coming this way. And to fix our roads. And it's time in moving into the next step. You do so much in four years that can be funded and could be achieved. And now the next four years can be funded and can be achieved. And it's the thing to implement more and more servicing for our residents. What do you do when you're not doing politics or running for mayor? How do you relax? What do you do for fun? Do you have any hobbies, guilty pleasures? Yes. I, uh, I just like to work. I like to talk to the residents, I like to have coffee. I like to go with long walks with my wife and my our two dogs. I like to travel with her whenever I can. We like to go on trips. I like to go to Nova Scotia. I'm a down easter. And I try to participate, volunteering a lot of my time for doing different types of, of, of events and stuff. I volunteer to take part in those. I um, like to fish. I like to be with my friends and walk. And I'm, I love going to the gym, the Y, and exercising. I, in the last four years, I've lost uh, 100 and, about 148, 154 pounds because I got type 2 diabetes. It was either my doctor said, lose that. So I started just uh, eating properly, and I love to cook. And I, I do 95% of the cooking in our home. My wife loves that, and when people ask us, they said, "Well, why don't we see you at restaurants?" Well, she said, "If you ever eat my, if you ever eat my my husband's cooking, you wouldn't go to a restaurant." And I love to eat high-end foods and different foods, and go on YouTube, find something new, something different, some recipe, and I love to try it and cook it. And basically, just enjoying time with my wife and my son. As I'm old, I'm going to be 69 this year, so your end your life is coming to the thing. And I've always been serving, and I love to serve. And to run for mayor, I also have a long conversation with my wife and I and say, do you understand what's going to happen over the next four years? She says, I see what you've done over the last four years and how many residents have called here looking for assistance and looking for help and you've gone and you've assisted them and I'll get in my vehicle and I'll go visit them. So those are the things I do. I like to do those things and I like to hang around with my friends. I also like to build companies. I got three new companies that are starting. Two of them are starting in Napanee on some of my lands that I own there. And another one's going to be starting here in Brighton, which is another one here in Brighton, in the industrial, right here um, in the, the plastic plant with the recycling and the repurposing of all the plastics. And we've also just picked up a bunch of new contracts with companies in the United States. We're taking the jobs back from China, back into Canada, and bringing them here. And this way, the, there are Canadian companies and the U.S. companies that are in favor of us going because we're one of the last survivors. That basically under the COVID rules and everybody stopping that we had I had enough blood that we could last it and go through it and bring them back the jobs of Brighton. They're all Brighton employees that work here and we'll keep on employing them. We got a list of new Brighton employees that want to come here and work and some of the old ones that got laid off during COVID that will be coming back back here. So to me, what makes me happy is to create works, watch somebody have a life, create a life, buy a house, take care of their families, grow, have an education, go to church and take care of a life. It's rounded, rounded. The whole thing is rounded. There's a lot of facets to me. I'm just, just one person. And, and I, I usually stay to myself. But if somebody approaches me and talks to me, I can, I'll talk with them. So I don't put my nose in other people's business where it's not deserved. Only when I'm asked. 
Why will you be a good mayor? Well, I'm level-headed. I've ran companies. I understand what it is to be in the service industry and run a company and to maintain stuff. I was in the military and in private industry. I always took my best, my, my people that worked for me and everything. I saw their talents and I brought the best out of them to achieve the goals of what it was for my clients. Here would be taking the council members and achieving, bringing them together as a team and working together as a team to achieve the best of, with all their ideas and everything and bring them forward with senior staff and have them in council meetings, listen to all the committee meetings and what comes back to us and in the planning and with senior staff to uh, achieve great municipality and moving Brighton forward into getting all this. So it's nothing that I haven't done in the past and it's something that I've seen that's been lacking. So basically I stayed there for four years. Either I take control and I lead it forward in a direction and stop all the employees leaving and quitting and use the council as a team moving forward, not divide it. Doug LeBlanc, thanks you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome. Thank you for giving me a chance to express my ideas. That was Doug LeBlanc, candidate for Mayor of Brighton. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening and stay tuned for more from Consider This.